Kia ora koutou. Welcome to Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy. And on today's episode, we're looking to find out how the death of Queen Elizabeth impacts te ao Māori. To help me do that, I'm joined by University of Auckland Law School Associate Professor Dr. Claire Chartis, who hails from Ngāti Whakaui, Tūwharitoa, Napui, and Tainui. Hey, thank you so much for letting me pick your brains on this. I don't know whether it's possible to separate the Queen from the concept of the Crown, but can you tell me a bit about the feelings of Māoridom towards the late Queen herself? You know, I can't speak for Māoridom, I guess, but, you know, certainly you hear for some people she was a really important figure on a personal level, which I think she has been for many people. And for some people, going actually back to the Crown, the Crown is really important and that's who we have a relationship with and it's a rangatira to rangatira relationship. So I think in part that's why the kind of the personal understanding of that relationship with the, with the Queen is certainly there. On the other hand, I think there's a sense that maybe this idea of having the crown as our head of state is losing its shine. Because we're developing into our own nation, I guess, we don't need the crown as our head of state. Uh, we have an identity that's different from um, the British. So I guess like the general public, there's feelings both ways, although I have to confess I don't speak in any by any measure on behalf of Māori as a whole. Can you talk to me a bit about kind of the lingering Māmai from colonialism and that initial interaction with the Crown and how it kind of impacts today and the feelings around the Crown? Colonisation was pretty hard for Māori. <laughs> loss of land, <laughs> loss of culture, loss of language. And it's the ongoing impact we see in the social economic statistics, we see it in criminal justice, incarceration. So I guess that legacy of broken promises that comes from colonisation is raw and, yeah, quite intense, I think, for, for many people. And part of that is related to the breach of Te Tiriti or Waitangi as well, that we had this compact about sharing authority, about authority of the Crown over British settlers, um, ongoing authority of Māori, um, iwi hapu whānau over Māori and our own matters, and that breach hurts too, I think. I think there is an ongoing sense of that pain. Would severing ties with the Crown relieve some of that pain in that marmite? You know, I'm not sure. I would see it, you know, personally as potentially a bit of the opposite, that maybe you're letting them off the hook, in a sense, letting the British Crown off the hook, because that is who we had the original compact with you know so I, I I'm, I'm not sure that that's that's the case also I'm not sh- not convinced that there's greater faith in the New Zealand crown um, I mean potentially there is and, and p- potentially there is through relationships uh, where they've been positive around treaty settlements but yeah as, again I can't speak on behalf of Māori but that's my sense of mood and the in the places and spaces in which I work and operate. It was on her 1995 tour of New Zealand that Queen Elizabeth made a historic apology to Tainui for land confiscation. This is the first time the Queen has ever signed any law in public and it's the first New Zealand law ever signed by her. Usually the Governor-General does the honours. And another first, this law includes an apology to Māori. 
It reads, the Crown expresses its profound regret and apologises unreservedly for the loss of lives because of the hostilities arising from its invasion. It goes on, the Crown acknowledges that the subsequent confiscations of land and resources were wrongful. And among the attendees at the Queen's funeral was the Māori King. Charles was reportedly very keen to have Kingi Tuhaitia there for the events, so I asked Claire how important the individual monarchs are to ongoing relations with Māori and how important relationship building is. I think in under Tikanga Māori that relation, relationships is everything and that sense of um, relationships aren't just formal between institutions but there's a personal level to them. So I, I think to that extent there's affection, <laughs> I guess, um, and to the extent that there has been, for example, apology and or this reaching out, that is about, in a Māori sense, that is about protecting that relationship. Um, and that's really important. That's really important as a matter of tikanga Māori. But in the same breath, I'm sure there's those who have such an objection to the ongoing presence of the Crown and their sim- sim- the symbolism of them being the, the colonial power that is still here. For many others, I, 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 I suspect that the feeling is quite the opposite, that this is a relationship that's broken down and never the twain shall meet, if you like. If we move to um, Chetiriti, what on earth would happen to it? Or how do, how do you kind of negotiate that if we were to become a republic? Where do you start that conversation? Yeah, right. Well, you know, it is, it's, it's often people's next question when we're talking about becoming a republic is, oh, OK, well, what will happen to Te Tiriti or Waitangi? And, you know, anything is on the table, really. To some extent, the, the Crown in New Zealand assumes the obligations of the, the British monarchy or the British Crown. So, in a sense, that wouldn't change, I don't think. But I think it would also open up the, the door to further discussions about constitutional reform. Because if you start tweaking with something that's pretty fundamental, the head of state, even though the powers are actually pretty minimal, um, and more symbolic today. They can, they can be they can be powerful, but in, in the main. If you open that up, then you have to start thinking about other bits of the constitution. You have to start thinking about the, the powers of the executive government, the power of parliament, what, what enforceability is there for the Treaty of Waitangi? How can we make Te Tiriti binding on parliament, for example? So I think while Te Tiriti obligations per se um, are already assumed, I think to some extent by the New Zealand government, if you did f- go down that track, I have no doubt that there would be bigger constitutional discussions on the table. And, you know, there is always the risk that if we had that constitutional discussion, that that the majority wouldn't want Tetiriti to have any major place or space in, in Aotearoa and, and that would be lost. So there is, is all that, always that risk um, and that's a political um, question, really. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, if you look at, I guess, the can of worms that co-governance has opened, and it could be the same on an extreme level if we were to, to do the same with Tetiriti. If we go back to talking a little bit more about what a New Zealand Republic would look like, how could you incorporate tikanga into that? And what would be some examples of what that would look like in practice? Well, again, there's lots of options on the table as to how to incorporate more tikanga Māori. Um, so uh, at the moment, we, we have quite a movement in the courts for greater recognition of tikanga Māori. So that is informing and changing our common law by the day. 
So there's that already happening. You could also have greater tikanga Māori brought into a constitution as we see in other states around the world where Indigenous customary law has an explicit space and has jurisdiction over certain issues. So you could see that as part of the negotiations. You could also see, I think, um, some negotiation about what areas um, tikanga Māori should have some authority over, for example, marae spaces or kaitiakitanga over conservation estate, just as kind of random potential examples. So you could see that negotiation and that um, demarcation, I guess, between legal systems happen in that way. But it can happen through the courts and is happening through the courts, but I think in a more sort of constitutional transformation way, you'd, you'd want to have some agreement on how that's to be done. We know that Māori Dim is a house of wide opinion. When we look at our new monarch, we think he might come to New Zealand, maybe even um, before Christmas, if he does make that trip. What do you think, uh, as along with the parades of um, Kiwis across across the country, what, from yeah. a um, Māori perspective, would you like to see a, a lot of marae visits and a lot of engagement with different iwi? Of course, but I'd also like to see the king play a role in dialogue around colonisation, around thorny issues like the doctrine of discovery, I guess acknowledgement of loss of land and the impact of that on Māori, which I think goes partly towards, um, you know, it's it's kind of in some ways it's a strange word but and not necessarily a favoured one, but goes some ways towards reconciliation or at least acknowledging the, the pain and the hurt of that. I, th- I think it's time to be quite honest about that. And I think that would be important for many Māori rather than, you know, keep going, stay calm. It's not really happening, that kind of approach. Totally. This is probably a question I should have asked more towards the start of the podcast, but is this actually a conversation that's that's happening in Hapu and Iwi about whether we should be a republic following the Queen's death or is this something that <laughs> the media and pundits are talking about more than anything? Yes and no. I, you know, I think we we talked earlier about the relationship under Tiriti or Waitangi with the British Crown. So that that is very important, and particularly with the older generation, I think remains very important. But there's also a sense of ambivalence in that the real issues are making sure Tiriti or Waitangi is honoured um, on a day to day basis, and addressing social issues and ongoing impacts of colonisation. So those are more pressing issues, I I sense. So constitutional fundamental change is definitely um, a kaupapa that that you you hear a lot. Whether, and to some extent, I guess that's tied up with the relationship with the British Crown, but I think other priorities often take precedence over that particular relationship with the British Crown. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica. That's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy, and on behalf of executive producer Jono Williams, thank you for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and get our latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts.